Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on October 24th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, even when it's this hot. And it's a beautiful place to do just This segment of the South Bay Show is brought to you by Your Actualized Visions, a local advertising agency. Your Actualized Visions offers all your advertising needs under one roof. From logo design, business cards, banners, and signage, to online services such as website design, SEO management, promotional videos, reputation management, and loyalty promotions, you name it and Your Actualized Visions will handle it for you on time and under budget. Built on the needs of their clients, your actualized visions is competitively priced and economical, saving you money and greatly enhancing your bottom line. At your actualized visions, customer service is all local with one point of contact. No more dealing with robo-answering machines, getting the runaround, or speaking to someone in another country. Your actualized visions understands your hyper-local advertising needs and focuses on bringing you real clients. They do not buy likes followers, or fake results. Your campaigns are real, built with real community followers who want to purchase your services and products. The only thing standing in the way of your company's success is you now picking up the phone right now and calling your actualized visions at 310-413-8773. To learn more about what your actualized visions can do for you and your company, visit the website at youractualizedvisions.com. Your actualized visions, your dreams today, not someday. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you? I'm hot. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, we were just talking about it before we, we went on air. It's uh, going to be a, a hot, hot day. We're going to have some Santa Anas. Um, they say right. it's going to be a strong one. So, um, And, you know, our guest today, um, I'm thinking maybe we can start with uh, just some general stuff about you know the fire season, um, which we're in the middle of now. Right. We've already had some pop up here and there, so uh, we'll we'll get to that. But I just wanted to mention that um, you know speaking of seasons, you know I I told you last week or the week before that you know Halloween is a season now, right? <laughs> right, right. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It it's... used to be one day of the year. Right. It used to be a mm-hmm. one day thing. It, it's it's not a federal holiday. You know, it's not a long weekend. Right. Um, it's just right. it's always it's one day out of the year. And but it's turned into a season. And as I said, we went through this last week where for several years now, people are spending more money on Halloween than they are during the holiday season, which is amazing. But if you look at my website or today's weekend guide, you'll see it, it's there are so many events going on. It's insane, mm-hmm. and I'm everything mm-hmm. from little events to huge events, and and most of them are happening this weekend. Uh, there were several. There were several big ones last weekend. The big Halloween ball was last weekend, but this weekend, you've got you know South Bay Scream, you've got uh, Halloween, uh, Day of the Dead. There's a ton of stuff going on this weekend, and 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 Thanksgiving isn't even until next Thursday. Um, so right. yeah, it's a full on season now. This has been going on for over two weeks. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of good stuff going on. I'm going to miss all of it because I'm, I'm going to be out of town for a couple of weeks, um, which I informed you of already. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, so that's it. The weekend guide, it it came out this morning, just a ton of fun stuff going on. I'm, I'm bummed. I'm bummed that I'm going to miss it because you know that I always enjoy the costume stuff. So, (laughs) yes, I do. I do. And it's, (laughs) it's. Halloween that's next Thursday, not not uh Thanksgiving. Yes. What what did I say? Halloween. Did I say Thanksgiving? I'm I'm sorry. Halloween yeah. is next Thursday. 
I'm sorry. I'm yeah. getting ahead of my holidays. Uh, yeah, Thanksgiving isn't until mm-hmm. next Maybe. month. Next, next. Go ahead. That's. I think I wondered if you know something I don't, but no, I think no. it's Halloween. <laughs> yes. I misspoke. Halloween <laughs> is next Thursday. So, um, and yeah, and on Halloween um, is when you have most of actual Halloween. The day of Halloween is when you have most of the city events, you know, and different neighborhood mm-hmm. events. Uh, you know, City of Lamita, Gardena, uh, Riviera does their trick or treat. Um, so, so most of the city stuff goes on on actual Halloween night, but uh, most of the private parties and other events are happening, uh, you know, the weekend before. And as I said last weekend too. So, yeah. So, sometimes, Jackie, I'm amazed by your executive uh, ability to book guests. Because we are about to have one of the strongest Santa Ana events uh, we've had in some time, apparently. And you've booked the perfect guest. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that one has nothing to do with the other, really. I mean, they do, but I didn't plan it that way. <laughs> I did, it, no, he he was booked several weeks in advance, and the Santa Ana just happened to fall on uh, – is happening this morning. So, yeah, I can't take credit for that. So, right. But I appreciate it. Right. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and it's – apparently this is something that's been setting up for a couple of weeks, this this huge high-pressure dome that is driving the winds from the land to the ocean, from east to west in Southern California, it has to be set up weeks in advance before it happens. And in this case, it has been, and and it's going to be big. And we've already had some, some huge uh, sort of spot fires in places with high winds and now we're going to see uh see how stretched our resources are going to get um with this event and uh it's just amazing um are we ready i'm going to call you meteorologist i'm going to call you meteorologist joe from now on (laughs) i i just i'm you know i'm i'm it's been fascinating these last uh few days a couple weeks uh, with the fires that we've had and the the more understanding that they've had. And there's that, been that recent report. Maybe we'll ask our guests about that. Jackie, who's our guest today? Okay, we have a returning guest this morning, Gregory Allen from the Redondo Beach Fire Department. Now, Greg has served at the RB Fire Department for 20 years and currently works as a firefighter paramedic. He is also the president of the Redondo Beach Firefighters Association, Local 2787. Now, the Firefighters Association is comprised of 55 members that serve the city of Redondo Beach. Now, this morning, we're going to be doing a follow-up to a previous show we did regarding the possibility of the city of Redondo Beach contracting services with the Los Angeles County Fire Department, uh, the reasons to consider it, and the pros and cons. Welcome back back to the program, Greg. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me back, Jackie. So so as I was saying, Greg, I mean, we are in the midst of one of the most classic setups for the Santa Ana winds and and I want to give people a perspective on on this. Can you give us a little of your perspective as a as a professional firefighter on uh the the news that we've been hearing and what do you expect to see? Uh, happen in the next few days? Well, uh, simply, the the best part of this is, is prevention is going to be uh, key in everything. And what we're seeing is uh, Cal Fire and Los Angeles County or Los Angeles City uh, fire services are preloading Uh, into areas that they know are going to be an issue. Having said that, another uh, thing that really uh, bears to mind is that they really know where fires are headed. They're really good about predicting fire behavior and, and the places that they believe to be the hot spots. And you know, the fire department for many years 
has asked people in those areas to keep at least 100-foot clearance around their properties. And, you know, they kind of enforce that when they go out. They have uh, weed abatement uh, folks that go out, and, and really that's fire prevention. And what they're looking for is to just minimize and give give fire breaks and give people the ability to get out and, uh, you know, communication's much better. And what I've noticed over all the years I've been involved in the fire service is that uh, now they're predicting it and they're preloading uh, equipment and personnel into those areas before. Uh, now it's more proactive rather than reactive. So that's, that's going to uh, really help out, I think, uh, as, as we see fire season kind of getting underway now. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it affects all of Southern California. I mean, uh, there, there was a report recently released in the last few days about the, the Wellesley fire of last fire season last year, devastating fire, uh, the hundreds of structures destroyed, uh, so many people displaced. Um, it was a huge event, and, and, and obviously there was a lot going on. There was a, in, in uh, Ventura County, there was a mass shooting, all of these things happening within the same week, literally days from each other. So it was, it was just a huge uh, 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 time for, for Ventura County, sad time in many cases for some families, and, and just a huge uh, time for fire danger. But uh, and also one of the things we we heard this season, uh, Greg, and I'd love for you to comment on that is we've heard several um, electrical uh, uh, facilities yeah. or, or agencies shutting down or planning to shut down uh, electricity in certain areas where they believe their own equipment may contribute to the fire danger, and they don't they don't they don't they don't want to take the risks any more of downstream, you know, legal action. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, uh, people that were affected, you got to realize that every fire is extensively investigated as the cause and origin. Uh, Number one, we're looking to find out if uh, someone set these fires, and if that's the case, uh, trying to get to get uh, that person or those folks into into custody. But uh, what we're finding out is electrical events like arcing wires, oftentimes, uh, believe it or not, uh, birds cross the lines and then fall into the overgrowth where the lines are. And, you know, we're, we're down there in the South Bay. We're used to electrical lines traveling through. Um, you know, heavily uh, densely populated areas where there's streets and, and buildings, but realize that those lines are traveling in a lot of areas through uh, that overgrowth uh, where there's uh, dead brush and sparks uh, come from from those uh, even transformers or lines and then fall into the the grass or the lines fall down as the fires occur, creating an issue uh, both for the fire and for the firefighters. But, uh, you know, when those claims are made, when they're found to be the result of what caused the fire, what initially happens is... Uh, insurance companies are passing those uh, claims on to the utility companies, and it's millions and millions, if not billions of dollars, and they just don't want to take the risks, so they're shutting down during fire season. Right, wrong, or indifferent? Right. <laughs> right. It's, I, you know, oh. seriously, when I hear that, it's like it, that's like third world country stuff. You know, when you mm-hmm. because we've been hearing it all week, you know, PG and E is going to shut down service. This one's going to shut down service. Uh, it could be for days, you know, maybe not just a couple hours. It could be for days, which is third world country stuff, which is not mm-hmm. acceptable. You know, I, uh, mm-hmm. from what I understand, yeah. there's a lot of old, old infrastructure out there. 
and and the utility companies have to make the investment to bring this stuff up to speed. Um, yeah, no, man. Last year, a lot of people died. You know, I mean, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't just it wasn't just structures. You know, there like a hundred people died in that one fire. I mean, that was horrendous. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and because because a utility company didn't didn't want to uh, invest the money to upgrade their structure. Uh, you know, that's just not acceptable. Yeah, so keeping in well, mind that uh, when everybody's getting away from those, they're evacuating and leaving the areas, uh, that's when your firefighters are going into the area. And uh, I've been, as every firefighter in California has been, in some terrible conditions. Even here in Redondo, when we're sending engines out there to assist, uh, guys come back all the time, and you know uh, they've either got pictures or stories of really bad situations that they've been in. So, mm. Uh, mm. really dangerous uh, conditions. Now, now, Greg, uh, you know here in the South Bay, we are not in the canyons. We're not in some of the most uh, fire-prone areas. Uh, there's some danger here but really not like you know in the Woolsey fire or 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 in other places in northern california where the where the uh you know obviously like you know the paradise fire or something like that densely populate densely brush dense brush if you look at a map of the santa ana winds there's a bubble there's a bubble right around essentially Pacific Palisades and, and the basin of Los Angeles where the fire danger is very low or the winds are very low, Jackie, we're in the bubble. Yeah. Which including the Santa Ana. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it's amazing you how protected we are. You'll, you'll see on the news when the reporters are out in these areas where it's just gusting, you know, everything's flying, right. but right. here we don't right. get those winds as much, you know, it's, we, we'll, we'll right. get a gust or two or a breeze or two, but we don't get that constant blowing like they do, as you, you mentioned canyons and stuff. Yeah. The base, the basin. Porter I mean, Ranch. we do have, yeah. 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 And we have to worry about Palos Verdes estates as well. There's some, uh, uh, yeah. They're really good about uh, a defensible space up there, and I noticed, uh, you know, just being up there not too long ago that they were cutting back and cutting fire break up there. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the fact of the matter is, is uh, really expensive real estate up there, but there is some open land. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even with a little bit of dust up there, the homes are fairly densely populated and you know, that's one of the places that uh, they want to keep their eye on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there are canyons. There are not huge canyons, mm-hmm. but there are many canyons up there. And um, it, the the thing that really freaks me out is, uh, you know, all those eucalyptus trees, um, which mm-hmm. are not indigenous to Palos Verdes. I mean, all of those were planted. Um, which are they just explode uh, eucalyptus trees and pine trees they've got all that oil and 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 they just explode um so so mm-hmm. yeah so who 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 handles um greg who handles the what fire department is up in p v is that county or do they have their own departments up there well, funny you should get funny lead into uh, what we were going to talk about today about <laughs> yeah. the LA county fire department they handle uh, rolling yeah. hills uh, at Palos Verdes Estates, uh, and they do have, uh, and then to back them, uh, you've got uh, Lamita, Carson, and all the other uh, county services that surround us. All right. Well, all right. Well, that was a, part of that. that. Was a good segue. <laughs> Great it was segue. A good segue. <laughs> and and that leads me to you know, uh, uh, Greg, my family. Uh, my children grew, grew up in Hermosa Beach. Um, we uh, we uh, were heavily involved uh, and, and kept aware uh, from friends about the, the sort of, I want to say, the debate going on in Hermosa Beach about 
um, switching to a, a contract with uh, with uh, L.A. County Fire, and uh, it was heated, and it was it was very you know contentious at some points, uh, but ultimately a uh, very good friend, Dency Nelson, uh, who's often said he wants to be buried on his property, uh, <laughs> and he doesn't want <laughs> to leave Hermosa ever. Um, you know, said this is the best thing for us. He was uh, chair of the committee uh, that the city uh, commissioned to study the move, and they basically uh, came to the conclusion that it was the best thing for Hermosa Beach residents, the best thing for Hermosa Beach, the city, financially, to uh, uh, enter into a contract. Most of the firefighters stayed and transitioned and uh you know the the obviously the firehouse is the same place it was before and all of that and so greg well let's get into it now you got it well you know la county fire uh you bring up the building over there the building itself that was hermosa fire department was red tag it was kind of coming apart city couldn't afford to put it back together but if you drive by right. there right now, you'll see L.A. County has gone in right. and they're taking it apart and rebuilding it, earthquake retrofitting and building a great firehouse over there to house the L.A. County fire. So that was one of the benefits when they went over. And infrastructure is a great point that you bring up. And when you look at the uh, uh, ailing buildings that are out there when LA County comes in and takes over a fire department they oftentimes have to come in and make many upgrades where let's say a city like Redondo, Hermosa or some of the other cities out there just really without putting a tax uh, on can't rebuild the infrastructure the money's just not there and that's one of the things Mm -hmm. that LA County Fire does is they have to come in and retrofit and and bring a building itself uh, up to date. Right. So this is something obviously that uh, Redondo Beach uh, is has been looking out for some time, and uh, we're we're here today uh, to discuss with you an update on what's going on and from the perspective, Greg, of the Redondo Beach. Firefighters Association, Local 2787. What 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 is the state of things today, Greg? Well, this this really isn't a dead issue. We come back and we revisit it. Uh, if you uh, if anyone goes and looks at the council meetings, uh, it the phase two of the study is now stalled at the council level at a three to two vote. And we, like everyone else in the city, uh, we're trying to find out uh, why there is a stall in this three to two vote. When you look at it, those that vote against it say the numbers aren't there. Well, it's impossible, absolutely impossible to say the numbers aren't there without phase two of the study, and that's really what we need to get. And if you're keeping your eye on Manhattan Beach, they are planning to go forward with their phase two of the study because they realize it's the right thing to do for the citizens. So in essence, you really can't make a decision on anything until you have all the facts We don't do that in our home life. We don't do that in our business life. And we certainly can't afford to have this happen with something this important, public safety. And especially today, everyone is talking about the city budgets. So for $24,000 that we, the Firefighters Association, we've actually asked to pay for that phase two study ourselves so we're not taking any taxpayer dollars so that everyone could take a look at the real factual numbers. And then our recommendation is, is that the city has a third party <clears throat> come in and help them decipher what these numbers mean, what it means to service levels, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to realize our city hires consultants for everything. They hire them for traffic circles, for looking, for even our trash contracts. Uh, we have third-party consultants. And what we can't figure out is why our city staff or part of our council doesn't want to go forward to look at something this important and have a consultant help us through this. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no one. And admittedly, even on our council, they should be looking and admitting we are not professionals in looking at public safety and we need this kind of help to go forward. Now, we're Hmm. not saying to go to phase two that we are going to be LA County fire tomorrow. There's still a road to hoe. We still have to figure the money out. We have to figure out our levels of service. The county will do a very extensive study and give that to the city. And in the end, I Mm -hmm. think what's going to happen is the facts, the true facts are going to come out and the citizens are going to get to decide just like what the, the same thing that happened over in Hermosa Beach. Mm-hmm. So, so leaving aside the politics, because we, we can't uh, accomplish anything on that score, let's just talk about the 55 members of the Redondo Beach Fires Association. You're the president. What do your members uh Give us a sense of what your members are thinking about this. And, and in the context, Greg, you know, this context, uh, it isn't just the firehouse in Hermosa uh, that needed, uh, um, you know, retrofitting and, and so forth. There's a, 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 a crisis across the country uh, in cities and towns and hamlets across the country uh, for public service workers and their pensions and their benefits um, that are that are really uh, uh, hurting cities around the country and so this this is also an issue that was addressed in Hermosa as well tell us about how your members are what they're thinking and how they're feeling well we started off with over 70 percent willing to go forward and look to see if the county was was an option. That number now has gone up. And what you'll see in our city, and, uh, you know, when we talk about politics, we talk about uh, the uh, dollars and cents of things. Right now, as it exists, if uh, those folks that really watch closely what's going on in the city, the firefighters, are the only group in the city out of all the groups and all the employees in the city that do not have a contract. And what council is saying and what staff is saying is uh, the PERS is, as you brought up, is a real issue. What happens when a fire department goes over to the county is the PERS remains with those members that are there now, but it shuts down. We're no longer hiring any new employees that become perceivable employees. And we all go over to uh, Latera, no, no, which is Greg, LA Greg, County. Can you, can, you, can you explain PERS for people that don't know? Yeah, sure. It's a public employee retirement system, And that is the pension that firefighters, police officers, any city employee has. And in in years past, what had happened was um, the city paid our pensions. We now pay the 9% on our pension, and we retire, and then that's the retirement that that, uh, carries us on into life. And those costs uh, will remain as these employees or employees like me uh, retire and move on and, until uh, the day that, that we pass away. And then, the, and then those costs start to go away. Now, as we hire employees, like if Redondo Beach hired 10 new employees, the PERS uh, uh, cost will remain with those employees as we carry them on through their life. 
and then it cuts off and then they, they go to Lacera, but there's still cost to remain in the heritage employees. But what happens if you stop hiring employees for Redondo Beach, essentially those PERS costs down the road go away. And uh, that's mm-hmm. one part where the city, you know, 20 to 30 years from now will achieve huge savings. And that's where part of the the real true savings come from when you're carving people out of the PERS system. Now, in the old days, the city paid that PERS. We now uh, pay our contribution, which we didn't before. That's all part of uh, PERS reform, which took place, uh, you know, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's um, Jackie. I know we've talked about this before. Uh, the the company, you know, sort of uh, public employee pension crisis around the country. Yes, yes, yes. And we're going to get into it more in depth, but we're going to do a station break right now. Okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show, and we bring these shows to you every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and every Friday morning at 8 a.m., specifically for the South Bay. On Thursdays, it's South Bay Spotlight, and we cover the entire South Bay from El Segundo to the Hill, and uh, we, we cover all the action, whether it's business or cultural or, you know, art um, and government, uh, anything that's going on. And then, of course, on Fridays, uh, it's, uh, it's the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. Proudly, we're sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber. And uh, we cover all those same issues, but with a special focus on Manhattan Beach and, of course, the members of the Manhattan Beach uh, Chamber. And uh, we love bringing these shows to you. We hope that you will share these shows with all your friends and neighbors. And, of course, via email, you can share them with anyone else uh, on the planet. Uh, You can send a show to someone in China or Europe or anywhere, and they can hear it. So please do share these shows with your friends and relatives and uh, neighbors and uh, help us build these these, uh, audiences. Thank you very much for joining us today. So, um, Jackie, where do we go now? What, what's the next okay. question? Okay, so, uh, yeah, we were going to get – the last time we had Greg on, it, it was more of a, a, a general information show because we really didn't know what was going on, and Greg came on and talked about uh, what what was happening. And since then, we've done a little more research into it. And one of, mm-hmm. one of the uh, big issues is that um, uh, firefighters – uh, what Greg was just saying, they don't have a contract. Uh, they they haven't had a wage mm-hmm. increase since, uh, I think it was 2016. And um, they're looking for a 2% wage increase, um, retroactive, of a couple of years. And the big issue here is the negotiations, from what I understand, broke down over the, uh, uh, the overtime calculations. Um, before we even get to that, before we even get to that, looking at the the uh, salaries and the overtime, the overtime is unbelievable. Uh, you know, anybody can go online to their city and see what city employees uh, make each year, and they can see salary and overtime. My number one question is, if there's so much overtime going on, why don't why isn't the fire firefighting staff increased, Greg. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, a perspective on this is our city decided years ago, and it was at the staff level, to run the fire department in, um, in what they call a vacancy factor. And what that is, is they decided that it's cheaper to pay existing firefighters at overtime levels than it is to hire a full-time employee. Because remember, uh, there's PERS cost, there is healthcare cost, there's um, uh, equipment cost. So years ago, they decided they would run a vacancy factor. And when they did so, um, 
the overtime they were paying out to the existing firefighters, that causes our salary to go up. And then in mid-year budget, the fire department gave back $755,000 back to the city general fund based on the money they saved on having those vacancies. Then when we went to negotiate a contract, they were upset that we had all that overtime. Well, it's not overtime that we created. It's overtime they created. (laughs) And we couldn't understand how, you know, that became an issue for us because we, the, the rank and file firefighters and the union, we don't hire people that comes from staff and personnel and fire administration. So it's also important to know that in all the years that that overtime has been running, the fire department has come in under budget. We've never gone over budget. So that, that, that money that pays personnel, even the overtime, has been budgeted for for many, many years. Also understand that overtime comes from special um, functions like um, when they had the Beach Life Festival, fireworks, um, any 10Ks, which we have to, we have to be present. Uh, when the wildfires come through California, we're sending engines. We have to backfill those engines to take care of our folks back home. But many of those are reimbursed by, by fees that are picked up. For instance, if we send a fire engine out, say, to the wildfires in Pacific Palisades, the state reimburses the city two and a half times the amount of cost. Well, the fire department doesn't get to put that money in their budget. It goes into the general fund. So when we go to negotiate a contract, we can't understand how we were, and I use this word because it's, you know, for lack of a better word at this point, how we're blamed for the overtime and what we make when we didn't create it. Um, We have what we call a constant manning in the city, and that's so we could provide service. That's every piece of equipment is staffed and running every day. We don't take anything out of service because, frankly, we, we can't cover our call volume if we start shutting pieces of equipment down. So that was our, our real point of contention. Um, the, we've had uh, overtime paid uh, the way it's been paid for many, many years. It was contractual. And uh, this time they had an issue with it. It's important to know also that we went into uh, uh, last, best, and final. And we took that to arbitration, and we had a third-party arbitrator that came down and heard both the city's side and our side, and they sided with the fire department and said, you shouldn't be uh, after these guys for, for what you're after. And that's when we ended up not getting a contract. So, you know, a third-party arbitrator comes in and, and tells you know, the city in negotiations that, you know, uh, they sided with us. Uh, and we really don't know where things are going now. But I can tell you we're the only, we're the only employees in the city that uh, did not receive an increase. And we haven't uh, had a cost of living increase in 10 years. But now we have no, con- we, we are working without a contract, which is not good. All right, so so you, you at the very beginning of that, you said that it was uh, staff that uh, came up with this, the way it was going to work. They made the decisions. Right. Why can't that change now? Why? It, yeah, it was decided many years ago that that's how they were going to operate it. So why can't that change? Why why do they have to continue down that path? What it what it does is is it's a cost to. So there's there's bargaining in good times where you would say we're going to give employees a cost of living increase 
and you know your salary increases if they remove that if they remove that uh, uh, from our contract it cost it is concession bargaining and it will cost every fire department employee roughly a pay cut of about $9,000 a year. So when, when other employees, like they just gave the police department a 2% cost of living increase and, and a signing bonus, and then we would be the only department to be uh, getting a net loss of not about $9,000 a year <laughs> in a time when other people are having a gain the firefighters would be the only group taking a net loss. Okay, so this might be um, a really naive question. <laughs> but so if a no, I you're 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 representing the union. Um That's, yes. are are all of your firefighters in the firefighting association or all of the Redondo Beach firefighters part of the association? Yeah, that's correct. If you're a safety employee, which are those that deliver service every day, they're in this union. Okay, so, again, naive question. If a firefighter wants to go work for the county, why doesn't he just go apply to the county? Why does the whole department have to go? Well, what happens, we, we you know, that's funny. Uh, we have had already... Uh, some of the younger guys have left us and gone over to the county. We've had uh, two to three employees already leave and, and go over. The issue comes where at a certain age, uh, we're talking about, say, let's uh, take a guy that's 50 years old that, uh, you know, can't go uh, take the test and, and go to the county at this point and start their career all over again and uh, go through a complete uh, training tower and go through a one-year probation and uh, then just uh, start over. It's, it's kind of like, if I can use an analogy, it's like being 55-year-old, uh, uh, let's say a, a, a doctor that's a specialist as a surgeon and then decide, well, now I'm going to start all over and become a cardiologist because now you've got to start all over and get board certified and something else and go through training again. And by the time you're done with that, your career is over. So it's it's not just a matter of, of for us, like I'm going to quit today and go take a, a county test and start over there unless you fall into a very young age bracket. And, you know, when you talk about contracts, there's a certain amount when you're trying to attract new employees and retain employees. Now, we're giving a test right now. And in the, in the old days, I always call it the old days, because when I first came on, you would have a 1,000 people that would show up to get an application. And... It was one day only, and you had to file the next day, and it was very competitive, and everybody wanted to work on the beach cities. It was paid well. It's a nice area. Well, they just gave the test, and I think we we had, uh, I want to say we tested about 30 people is all we ended up with out of that on the days when they gave the oral interviews, which is part of the test. There were people that didn't even show up or didn't call. That's highly unusual, but we're not competitive anymore because of our pay and benefits package. If I were a young firefighter, I would be looking to go to, uh, you know, there's cities out there like Santa Monica, Culver City, even El Segundo, Manhattan, that pay much mm -hmm. higher than Redondo and have a better package. And we're having this issue mm -hmm. with our contract. And they realize mm -hmm. that. So so when we train grab number one on the list, and they're on the list somewhere else, they're just not coming to us. They're going to places that have uh, better uh, pay and benefit packages. So by all by so by the whole department going going to county, you're guaranteeing yourselves a job without having to start over, which I have to laugh at because 
welcome to uh, my world and just about everybody else's where 50 is the new unemployable. All right. It's not just firefighters <laughs> going through that. It's, no, seriously. Seriously. I, I, I mean, I've been saying this for years. Amen. You know, uh, people with all of this experience, whatever business you're in, you know, whether it's finance or construction or uh, what, whatever it is. Uh, everybody's looking to, to hire younger people cheaper, even though there are so many experienced people out there. You know, again, 50 is the new, has been the new unemployable for a while, and we're all dealing with that. You know, all of us are dealing with that. It's not just you guys. I mean, so so that's that's your that's your safety net is by having the whole department going to county. You all get to keep your jobs without starting all over. Um, the other the other aspect of this is. Um, which, you know, I, I've, I've done quite a bit of reading over the years. This has been going on for a while, by the way, across the country uh, with, with the pension situation. Uh, yeah, the, pen, the, mm-hmm. the pensions. I mean, there are whole towns where people have been retired for years, and, and, they, and they're no longer getting pension checks because these, these cities just couldn't manage it. But, but, but the fact is, by keeping the Redondo Beach Fire Department with the, the city fire department without going to county – um, in that way, the city gets has more control over costs. Once you go to county, there is no more control over costs. The cities are still paying to the county um, for those expenses. Uh, but mm-hmm. and once the fire department goes, it's very difficult to to start a new one um, by keeping it in house. You know, lack of a better phrase. Um, the city has a little more control over it, and from what I understand, that the uh, you were talking about the the best and final uh, 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 best and final offer. Um, the sticking point was the um, you were you were looking for a two percent wage increase, um, but the sticking point was the overtime calculations, um, which, from what I understand of that, is a little hinky. It's it's very awkward. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it, Greg. You want to explain how that works? Yeah. Well, well. First off, let's remember one thing: the county has taken over. It was fifty-nine. It's now going to about sixty-three to sixty-four cities, and no one out of all of those cities has ever tried to go backwards and start their own fire department again. And if you talk to anybody in Hermosa, and that was brought up earlier. They're very happy right. with their services, and they're even right. saying that they have better. Their their everything has been a positive over there. There hasn't been any negatives. Um, so let's talk about the the controlling of costs. So if this city, Redondo Beach, wants to uh, stand up their fire department, as they've said, let's talk about the two percent wage increase. So there's 2% cost your city's got to go up. Right now we have a ladder truck that we are, um, we are uh, providing paramedic service off of. The reason we did that is because we needed more paramedics in the field, but it's an unfunded uh, paramedic truck at this point. If the city decides to fund that, which they need to do, that's another Let's. I uh, think it's about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. So let's add that to the two percent. If they decided to uh, finally give the employees a two percent cost of living increase, uh, we don't have a training officer. So if they hire all those new positions, we've lost a training officer a long time ago. We need to have a training officer back in place. Well, there's another couple hundred thousand a year. So every time you start adding things to keep our fire department up and running and rebuilding it to the point where it needs to be, where it's kind of degraded down over the years, um, let's call that uh, 4, 6, 8, uh, 10, 12% that our costs are going to have to go up, where the county negotiates a fixed cost. Every year they negotiate with the city, and in fact, in the first year they give you credit. Like uh, we have new fire engines, we have a new uh, ladder truck, 
We have new paramedic rescue vehicles to give you credit for that. Um, let's say that that cost has traditionally been in the 4% range. So if you're going to build Redondo Fire Department up, you're going to give employee cost of living raises. You're going to maintenance their health care. You're going to put new equipment on the ground. You're going to buy the employees the safety equipment they need. We just purchase new radios. All of those costs have a price tag and a percentage. As the city tries to keep up and be competitive and keep the fire department up to date, our costs rise. Uh, I heard a council person say our costs don't go up. That's absolutely false uh, because everything has a price tag. There's a reason our uh, um, costs are set the way they are. When you're talking about overtime, that's a percentage cost that go up. So the county has a fixed uh, rate that they negotiate with the city, let's say, for three years. And it doesn't matter what the overtime is. It doesn't matter if they have to send more uh, fire apparatus uh, in to help. It doesn't matter if they have to, whatever it is they have to rebuild, fix. Uh, those are fixed costs that come with the county. So you're right. The city writes a check based on that contract, hands it to the county, and they're covered. As it stands mm-hmm. now, anything that we need in Redondo, somebody gets hurt, if whatever those costs are, our costs uh, go up in the city, and there's a price tag to all of that. Okay, so you so, mentioned so- you mentioned paramedics. You mentioned paramedics. This is important. Uh, this 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 I got to ask because. You told us on the last show, and and we've heard about this, that in this day and age, most calls to the fire department, I I think the vast majority, are medical. Is that correct, Greg? That is correct. Roughly uh, 80% 80 or just a little over are uh, medical aid calls. Medical aid calls. Okay. Why are there not more paramedics? Um, like like the private, the McCormicks, you know the the other ones. Why are there not more paramedics handling the medical calls? Not the fire department paramedics, like regular paramedics. Why are they not handling more? Well, the city fire department is tasked with emergency medical services, fire services, fire prevention, hazardous materials. Uh, we're we're one stop shop providing that service. Uh, a company like McCormick's, which handles uh, most of basic life support uh, uh, transportation, uh, they do have a couple of what's called advanced life support units, but uh, they just don't handle our service in the city. As a matter of fact, they really don't handle that for any uh, uh, first-in uh, medical uh, calls anywhere in the South Bay. We all have our own fire department paramedics. It's important to know also that in Redondo, we have the same two paramedic rescues that we started with in 1974. And that's when the call volume was about 2,500 calls a year. We're now uh, just under 7,000 calls with the same two paramedic rescues in service. So you're right. We could, uh, we, the, really, we have a need for a third paramedic rescue to help with the call volume, but uh, we provide our own service. And we used to get help from Hermosa. Uh, they would mm-hmm. come over and help us nearly on a daily basis, but we. We don't have Hermosa anymore. We have L.A. County, and we could get L.A. Mm -hmm. County to come and help us, and indeed they come over and help, but it requires another phone call to L.A. County, and then L.A. County finds the closest paramedic rescue to come over and and, uh, assist us when needed. Um, But it's, you know, that's part of, of what we're talking about. We're surrounded by 18 L.A. County fire stations in a circle now surrounding Redondo Beach. 
And so if we were L.A. County, uh, you just automatically get those services. Right. So, 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 I, Greg, for the for the we've got four and a half minutes for the sake of our listeners. Four and a half minutes. We have a situation where Redondo firefighting services are an island in a sea of L.A. County. We're an island, and we Correct. talked about you know uh, the calls going from what uh, 2,500 a year or roughly 2,000 a year in the 70s to 7,000 a year uh, currently. The same two fire uh, uh, paramedic uh, rescue teams, or I'm not sure if you call them teams, but the bottom line is the current situation with no contracts with the young firefighters, young people who are looking at firefighting as a career, looking at Redondo and saying, not for me. Maybe Hermosa, maybe Manhattan, maybe Santa Monica, maybe, you know, uh, Lawndale, <laughs> uh, but, but not Redondo because Redondo is embroiled in these protact, protracted contract negotiations what you know we tried to stay out of politics but what is the what what can be the result if redondo doesn't change as an island in a sea of 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 LA county firefighting services what's what's the what's the what does the future hold in the next year in a nutshell well, in 2 minutes well, the, the quick answer is this. Politics have no, no place at all in public safety. It should be a complete separation. Our city staff and the, and the uh, three on our city council that have voted against, they have to be open to look at all the options. They must be open to look at what we're going to either we're going to have to build our fire department up, which is going to have a cost, and whatever percentage that is, we need to identify it. If you want to stay redondo, there's a price tag. If you don't, you must look at the county options from one year to five years okay. to ten years okay. to 20 years I'm, out. I'm sorry, Greg. I'm sorry. We only have a minute and a half. I understand there are choices. What if those three council members say no way? What is the result? The result, well, well, you know, no, wait. I got to tell you something because it, we're all saying you want to keep politics out of it, but politics is in this because, as of right now, there's right. now a recall to, to uh, an effort to recall one of the uh, council people that that was against the study. Study, and there's rumors right. floating around left and right about who's behind it, and I can I can think of a couple of different groups that would be behind it, but politics is right. in it. You know, um, politics is in it. I I tried. (laughs) I (laughs) did. Yes. Uh, Politics are in it. Uh, Our our association was, uh, we decided to join in uh, on that uh, that political action because we believe something has to change in order to go forward. And it's a bad decision. It's a terrible decision not to look at all options for the very fact of saving money, for the very fact of providing the best service we can uh, to our citizens. And, and that's why we joined join forces with that. Uh, along with us came the International Association of Firefighters and California professional firefighters have got behind us. And now they're involved in the the politics of this. Wow. Well, wow. I think uh, real quick, you know, I think two things, you know, uh, uh, negotiating, uh, you know, you got to renegotiate the overtime calculations because that's a big sticking point. That's number one. Number two, somebody really needs to sit down and figure out how to get the private paramedic sector in there, because if they can handle, you know, even even 50 percent of the medical cost you know, it, it'll be much more cost efficient, you know, to have them handling it, you know, so those are two just commonplace 
common sense places to start. Um, it's going to be an ongoing conversation. Joe, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> Greg Allen, Redondo Beach Firefighters Association Local 2787, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me again. I'm sure this won't be the last. This is going to be ongoing, so I look forward to being back another time. Thank you, Greg. Well, thank you. you serve your you serve your members very well, Greg. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Joe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, try to stay cool out there. Bye-bye. <laughs>